Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Ah. See, I opened that up before... Before we got on air, so you didn't hear the click but of my soda, my healthy soda. But the fact that I'm bringing it up, I should have stood on air because I'm wasting time. Well, I, <laughs> Hi, I didn't Phoenix. Wait, hold on. It. Can I announce that you're here? Yes. Uh, Phoenix Connor. Wait, let me, let's me. let just start over. Ready? Pretend, pretend go, the show starts right now. Even though we're not starting. <laughs> let's just pretend that the music started and stopped right now. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Sarah, you know, a.k.a. the terror back in the day, a.k.a. in the Vive universe, in the Oasis, Kimura Savage. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's my buddy, Phoenix Carnavale. Hello, Yay. Phoenix. Hi. Phoenix, I'm happy to be I back. Just, I just feel I need to do that. And I just because, because I don't know, man, I just want to get the fucking, it's a crazy morning for me. Why? And the train gets me, it gets me here basically the same time it always does, but because I, I fucking, my knees are kind of fucked up, so I'm walking kind of weird. I walk like kind of a little bit like Kaiser Sozak and the <laughs> fucking, what is that again? The Usual Suspects? Usual yeah. Suspects, yeah. And uh, so, you know, sometimes I take a, sometimes I'll take a break over there by by Macy's, like on, what is it, be six between 34th and 5th. There's like a little area, you sit down, you could chill, get some sun, you know? I go, over the, I go over the notes on the show. Fantastic. I do on the show. I get up on speed on everything. Or I just go look at shit on YouTube. But I the point is this. That sounds more the point is I like to enjoy myself. All right, listen, we got a jam-packed show. We do. We got good interviews coming up. Well, we got uh Paige Van Zant calling in soon. Yeah. Then we got Brett Akamoto. Mm -hmm. And then we got uh Khalil Roundtree calling in. Yes. This, this is, a is good exciting. One. You're looking at me like I got some other name. That's no, enough. no, that is Phoenix. enough. At Brett Okamoto is actually one of my favorite journalists, so I'm excited to talk to him. I'm not, and he's a professional, so, so I'm not going to start off by going Okamoto, 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 Okamoto. Who? I had a feeling. Okay, listen to me. What a you fun should, name. You should do that. Oh, dude, the guy will just be disgusted. Nah, I think you know he'll what like I mean. It. He'll like it. I get, I get respect for like the opening. It's almost like a, a stand-up comedian that goes out on the stage and he's a well-known dude. They'll start give, they'll give him the respect. Like I heard Jerry Seinfeld say that before. Like. Initially, because he's Jerry Seinfeld, I think it was Seinfeld who said that, yep. but that they'll they'll give him some, you know, maybe a laugh or two on the house. And then it's like, hey, man, you got to earn it. What? I'm going to see him on Thursday. Why the fuck did I bring that up? Oh, well, because, because the no, comparison. Because they will, at the beginning, they'll be, oh, that's that guy that, you know, he you know he shocked the world. I'm not going to gas myself up. <laughs> but they can, they can give me any compliment they want. Hall of Famer, whatever. Last guy to be a GSP, you know, whatever. Any, anything they want to First American to get a black belt you know, from Henzo Gracie. Shocked a lot of people. Yeah. But that's not the point. Um, but but then that'll only go so far. Then they'll be like, oh, this guy's fucking silly. Yeah, but silly is good. <laughs> I know. Silly makes a fun Listen, interview. Silly's better than being a stiff. 
True. Like at Very a, true. At a, like at a four star, five star, five, four star, a five star mm-hmm. hotel. Bunch of motherfuckers. I'm gonna try Pedro. All right, let's okay. go. I'm not gonna so get you, into it. you can get into it, but well, let let the, I. In, when, <laughs> what were you saying? Go ahead. Uh, when I was away, I talked about it last episode, okay. last last show. Is uh, they I was set away you up with in Dean a nice, Thomas a nice and everything. Hotel. I ran into you. We seen you out yes, there. Yes, you came to my job. Yeah. It was nice. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be on ups, like upcoming. Uh, you know, looking for a fight. So uh, I told you we were at the. Oh, wait, hold on. We got Paige, we got Paige Van Zandt on the phone. Is she here? Is yeah. this, is this Paige? Hey. Hi, Paige. It's hey, Matt. It, it's Matt, Sarah, and uh, Phoenix Carnavale. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Uh, we're doing good. Listen. I'm so excited. Have you ever... Well, first of all, are you able to talk? Where are you? Are you in the car? <laughs> Where am I? I? We're on the air. I don't know if I, we announced that. <laughs> oh, no. That's we... awesome. That's perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just hanging out in, here in Arizona um, for the M1 Global Show. Oh, great. So you're commentating, right? I am. Yeah, me and Sean Wheelock. So it's uh, super exciting, especially to get... To commentate for my first time alongside somebody who is so experienced and so, you know, so good at it. It's it's going to be really exciting. So how did how did the gig come ar- along for you? Uh, this is something that my managers, you know, pretty much. I don't know the full details about how things come to me. Everything my managers bring to me, and they say, "Hey, are you interested?" And um, I jumped at it. You know, this is something that's so exciting. Um, to be able to showcase, you know, my MMA knowledge, um, you know, behind the mic. It's something I've always wanted to do and kind of the direction I hope my uh, MMA career continues to go when I when I do decide to retire. But it's um, something I, I think is so awesome because you can do this at the same time, you know, concurrently with having a successful MMA career. We've seen uh, Daniel Cormier, Dominic, Dominic Cruz, Paul Felder, all these guys who have had so much success in the cage and then also get to do these commentating roles. So I, I do it as well. There's not enough women that do it. So it's really cool to see you in no. there. How, how do you practice? Uh-huh. What's Thank your practice you. like when you're going to, when you're going to commentate? Oh gosh. You know, the one thing that I did do is when my husband was sparring, um, I like kind of talked to through what was going on and I watch him spar every day. Um, and so just kind of talking through what was going on and uh, commentating for him and his opponent and then just getting advice from those around me. You know, I contacted Laura Stanko for some advice. Trail Sun and my teammate, I was able to talk to um, just people here and there. And, of course, just kind of getting advice from Sean because he's going to be the person that's next to me for the whole night and um, trying to be as prepared as I can. That's awesome. Well, I think it's exciting. And I think it's awesome that you're so excited about it. But let me tell you what I was excited about, <laughs> and we were just watching it before we we, uh, we got on the phone with you, was your last fight, and I should have started with saying congrats on an amazing, oh, amazing you. fight with uh, Rachel Ostrich. 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 He said what? Ostrich. Oscovitz. That's, that's what I said. Yes. <laughs> Listen, Rachel's so dangerous, and she that was a great yes. fight, and I am such a... Such a jujitsu man at heart, and I just mm-hmm. love the chess match down there. I want to know how much jujitsu are you doing? Because you, first of all, you always had a a killer instinct, and it's one thing when you're yeah. the hammer. But Rachel was doing so many things right, and she was putting you in mm-hmm. very, very bad positions where one wrong move and you're in a worse position. And you had to be, yeah. you had to be calm in there. So I want to know. How much time are you working uh, your jujitsu? 
Oh, I'm working a ton. You know, my head coach, uh, Fabiano Schoener, is a legend in the jiu-jitsu world. And I'm training out of a J- uh, Gracie Academy right now. And it's just been, you know, a huge, huge, huge focus of my career. Um, training alongside such amazing people. Um, I am slowly, you know, I feel like I've always had that tough thing for me. I've been tough my whole life. But now I feel like I am finally ra- rounding out as a fighter where I have the technique to back it all up. I feel like early in my career, I beat people who were better than me just because I'm tougher. And now the toughness will forever stay with me, but the technique is it's getting, you know, up to par with everything. And, you know, I see all my injuries as they were setbacks as far as my timeline for fighting, but they've given me the mind, the, the time to step, step back and really look at my fight game and say, all right, I have to slow down. Let me work on just technique. Let me, let me slow everything down. So that's kind of what I've been doing for my... All my little arm injuries, but it was awesome to come off of such an amazing win um, over Rachel, then get Sports Illustrated, now get this commentating role, and I'm, I'm still hoping to fight um, this summer. What was so impressive with that fight is not only the you being calm, you know, weathering that storm that Rachel was, was putting on you, is that you seized a moment in that fight, and you never, mm-hmm. you never let Rachel gain any ground back. And that's what I noticed. And that's what I thought was so awesome. You were always a step ahead. Once she did the failed back take, which I mean, listen, the the old saying, and a lot of people could argue it. And there's, there's different cases where you won't do it, but hooks first choke second, when you're trying to take the back and especially MMA, it's so slippery, you know? So when she lost that back take, you just were just honored. That's when the technique really yeah. showed. That's when I'm like, oh man. Because a lot of times a person will get on top just to lose that position for going for a, a, a submission too soon. So it showed yeah. that you were doing that in the gym. You were you were maintaining that top position yeah. and then securing the position and then getting the, uh, and, and, the submission. And yeah. fights are won in those transitions too. And like you were just calm and comfortable through each and every transition. And I think that people misread toughness. They think toughness is to come yeah. out the all aggro and the calmness is really what what secured that armbar for you. It really is. Yeah. And you know, Rachel, I feel like she had the perfect game to beat me. She really did. She studied me well. I, I, I'm still working on getting better off of my back, but once I get on top of people, that's where I capitalize. I have a really, really good top game. And that's something that I've always had a lot of success with. Uh, and then the other thing my coaches tell me is I, I am one thing they don't ever have to worry about is, me getting punched in the face. I'm one of those girls that are, and anybody in the gym, you know, you'll see men get punched in the face and they get really mad and they come forward and their game gets a little sloppy. They come forward with aggression. I get hit in the face and it doesn't, it doesn't phase me. It's, it's something that, you know, that toughness comes in where you can take damage and it has no effect on you whatsoever. And being able to capitalize afterwards is kind of where I shine. So I'm so happy with my performance. Of course, I'm picking it apart and I do feel like I had some ring rust coming off of, my two um, arm surgeries, but uh, I'm so excited that, you know, I'm going to be able to keep this momentum up. Even, even though I hurt my arm one more time, I'm still going to be able to fight relatively soon. You know, it's funny because as a guy that just loves watching the fights, the one thing I always associated you with is being very game and very, very tough. So Mm -hmm. now the thing is, as a fighter, I, I recognize that, but yet, a lot of times you get some hate because of the way you look. How how 
How weird is, how weird is that? Because if you oh didn't go ahead. Now I don't I know you probably get this a lot, but no, no the, but you yeah, should no, get I, more props for, for the toughness. If you looked hey. differently, um, Paige, people would just wouldn't say, Oh man, how pretty. They would say, Yo shit, she's a pit bull. Yeah. And they do that anyway. Like I'll do that, Phoenix will I know. But I'm talking about some other no, chicks or whatever, some other girls or whatever. Exactly. And I will touch on that. You know, it is frustrating. What I, I understood it at the beginning of my career when I was 18, 19 years old, and I was a brand new, fresh face coming out of being a cheerleader in high school. I understood it then, but the fact that it's still a topic that consistently gets brought up by other fighters. Um, you know, I've been in the UFC for five years now. I have five minutes, five wins in the UFC, four of them by either submission or knockout. So, uh, yeah, yeah you know my record should prove itself. Thank you, and that's something actually Damon Martin tweeted. I was like, yes, like yeah, it, I have to even go through and remind myself, like you know, hey, like come on, guys, like let's let's pass my face a little bit yeah. and start looking at my record. It pisses me off too because it's like saying Brad Pitt isn't a good actor just because he's good looking. You know what I mean? It's like because he's hot. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really frustrating. I think like uh, a lot of people take that sort of thing for granted. But what I will give you a lot more props for is you don't like being bullied. You didn't like being bullied that got you into martial arts in the first place. And you don't like being bullied on social media. You'll clap back. <laughs> I do. And that's something that I've been doing lately. You know, it was one... In the beginning of my career, holding my tongue and letting my, my career prove itself and had just proving, you know, that I, I had the toughness. And now it's, I've, I've done that. So I do get to stand up for myself and say, listen, I have this track record. I've done these things. And I've had a lot of success uh, because of my athletic ability, not because of a specific way that I look. And I'm going to continue to, you know, have those hurdles. I think that there are certain stigmas that will stick with you the rest of your life. And I think maybe that'll be mine. Um, but I'm just going to continue to fight because this is what I love. And, um, and maybe it does. It gives me the upper hand. Everyone goes in there and, um, can feel a too. specific way about you until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Did you watch this, uh, the fights this past weekend? Oh gosh. Did we? Okay. Bar- we, Barboza uh, versus Gaethje. Barboza no, Gaethje. we weren't able to watch them. No, uh, we were training. So, no, uh, we felt bad. There was those fight cards. There was Bellator. There was uh, one we wanted to watch, Demetrius Johnson. So, there's just a lot, a lot going on. Well, you got called out. I don't know if you heard about it. Oh, no. I, you know, I get called out like every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> kind of all blend together. Marina Morosa called you out after her fight with Sabina Mazzo. I mean, it, it's a, I get it. You know, a lot of people are going to call you out because they, they know that they're, you have the it factor and it's a popularity thing and, and fighting you ups a name. You know, that's kind of the mm-hmm. way it goes. Do you, do you find that that's possibly the reason why people call you out a lot? Oh, 100%. You know, you have to look at I do understand I do have a, um, a bigger fan base than most of the champions in the UFC. And that's something, it's it's the smart thing to call me out. It really is. I know that when, when you fight me, you gain 500,000 followers. And it's something that it's ultimately a good career move. Whether you win or lose, you still get the notoriety of um, a huge fan base watching that fight. So I definitely, I don't take any offense by it. I understand. It's the reason people call out Conor McGregor. It's, yeah. You know, you know everyone's going to be watching. Yeah, same type of thing. Paige, your thoughts on a couple of fights now. Now that you're mm-hmm. now that you're an analyst, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the upcoming um, uh, interim title fight for the uh, Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. 
Tell me what you mm-hmm. think of that. What, what do you think about that fight? Okay. You know, I actually have a totally different mindset of going into this one. I, you know, mine is when you talk about all these different interim titles, you, you forget who the champions are. And if you're going to keep having all these interim belts, I think they need to open up more weight classes, mm, yeah, which I, I don't, I don't think we need more weight classes, but you might as well with all these interim titles. Um, so let's, let's talk about, let's kind of flex your commentary muscles. What about Gasolin versus Adesanya? Wait, wait, hold on one second. So wait, who do you think is going to win that fight though? Did you even say, I know you don't like the, she didn't say. She didn't win that fight. did she say? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Can you say? No, I'm going to play the fence on that one. Okay. My analyst doesn't come in. <laughs> doesn't come in You're like, you got to pay me I, if you, you want. Know, I, <laughs> I studied the fighters on this card coming up. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, that's so funny. But no, we'll talk about Adesanya and um, Gaslam. Gaslam. That is a really exciting fight. And I think that Kelvin Gaslam is definitely going to be the biggest test stylistically for Adesanya. Um, I, think, I think when he fought Anderson Silva, it really displayed his weaknesses. Um, when you put two people with the same style in next to each other, the yeah. style kind of cancels each other out. It's like putting two wrestlers in a cage. They're probably not going to wrestle. And you get to see their striking open up and kind of see their weaknesses. So I think that was displayed. And um, going into it, I kind of have the upper edge going to Kelvin. Wow. Okay. And Shevchenko versus I, which is Tons of fun, which I think Chuck is Chuck Tanko versus I. Yeah. Um, yeah, going into this one, this is my weight class, so I'm going to have a lot of eyes on this fight. But yeah. the way I saw Shevchenko just dominate Joanna, somebody who I thought had one of the best striking out of any single UFC fighter, uh, Shevchenko, Shevchenko outstruck her. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of people who can withstand that storm, especially in the flight, women's flyweight division right now. Um, just guys known for her boxing and I feel like if you put a boxer next to a kickboxer, the kickboxer has more weapons and yeah. it's typically going to go that direction. And Shevchenko is just so efficient with her movement. It looks like she barely mm-hmm. moved, but she's like out of the way. It's it's She's incredible to watch too. It's incredible. Yeah, her timing is perfect. The way that she's able to pull on punches and then immediately attack back. Her timing is just something that it's going to take a long time for people to get used to. Mm. What do you think of the... Uh... Conor McGregor's uh, current situation, <laughs> supposedly oh, retired, an investigation of sexual assault claims being reported in the mm-hmm. New York Times. I mean, what is all this? Oh, wait. Yeah, gosh. Okay, so I'll talk fights. I don't talk drama. That He's got some drama going on that he's yeah. got to figure out on his own. Well, listen, I mean, just like to hear your thoughts, though. This is it. You, I want to just get you comfortable with all these rough questions coming at you. Well, well I have one before you let, we let you go. Right, because I'm I would be kind of shy to do yeah. this, and I think it's awesome that you did the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. How fun awesome. was that? Like, what did you learn about yourself? What did you get from that experience? Oh my gosh, you know, it was kind of a nerve wracking thing, especially because you know I would constantly get the questions in my fighting career if if I'm just like you know just a pretty face and this and that. So it's like constantly trying to prove my toughness and knowing that this would take away from you know my tough side, but. It was an opportunity for me to show off, you know, how hard I've worked in the gym, how, um, you know, just to be able to be a strong, confident woman. And I've never done anything that was, that I would say, promiscuous, and I was kind of waiting. I, I didn't want to show that side of me unless it was something that was in a tasteful manner and for a notable magazine or a notable company. And I feel like this was my perfect opportunity. So it was so much fun to be shooting in Mexico. We only got to be there for like 30 hours, but... 
the shoot was awesome. I was able to take my husband and spend a little bit of time on the beach. And um, I just, I'm so excited. The magazine comes out in May and I can't wait to see it because it was just a really, really talented team that we worked with. Did it feel like freeing to actually just be like, hey, I usually show this warrior side of me and now I get to show this like softer, more feminine side too? No, it totally was. And especially coming from a dance background, when I was, um, when I was a dancer, it was that more feminine side. So it's able to touch on that again. It's, it's a part of me that'll never go away. I'm always going to be really girly. And I feel like I finally, I got to do it a little bit on Dancing with the Stars. And then I had a few, like two years of a break. And then I got to be really girly again on, um, for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. So I think people are going to love the magazine. I, I can't wait to see it myself. Well, Paige, thank you so much for talking to us. You're, you're so much fun. I'm happy for all your success. Let's give a, a, pop, a proper promotion for uh, a pr- promote what's going on. Oh, here, well, Paige. Paige will make her lead color commentary debut for M1 Global on Thursday, which is today, April 4th. And you can see this on UFC Fight Pass and along Sean Wheelock, who I've worked with before. So best of luck, Paige. You are awesome. And uh, we will pick up that Sports Illustrated as well. Thank you, Paige. Yep, awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. You know what? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Paige is so much fun. You you want to hear something so funny? Can I tell you some behind-the-scenes stuff? Yeah. Only because I want to fucking... I'm nervous. Why am I I nervous? Oh, it's so much A couple of those were... So (laughs) much fun that... Listen, I got to... I got to be honest with the audience. Okay. That's why they do? like me. What did you do? You know what they don't like me for? What? My fucking interviewing skills. I'm not a fucking... Uh, no. But listen to me. When you go in on jujitsu stuff... No, listen. I can talk man. about stuff. So then, I, you know, what I do is I'll go to my notes. Because Chris, the producer, does a lot of fucking legwork. Yeah. So I'll go to the notes because they, they're, they're foolproof. But you know what I shouldn't do when I'm talking to Pedro at Zen? What? <laughs> go to Brett. <laughs> oh, you went to, you went to Brett Okamoto's questions? Oh fuck! Hold on, I'm lighting. Drink, drink water. I went to Brett Brett Akimoto's. So you'd be like, so what's it like being a journalist for ESPN, Paige? Dude, no, I didn't say that shit. No, I didn't go deep into God. Thank God. Just the Max and Dustin question. I was like, okay. I remember sure. writing that for another yeah. one, but, uh, and I'm but, like, fine. but then the, the Connor, fuck? I was like, no. But now listen, I'm not. Hold on wow. a second. Hold on one second, because I would never. I just want to make sure here. Yeah. What? What do you make? All right. I have hold on. Wait. Hold on a second. Hold on one second. Put your sword away, Chris, the producer, because okay. I'm not I have, a, you. I have a suggestion. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on, Phoenix. I got to show you something here. Go ahead. Because I'm going to listen to your suggestion, but I'm looking at stuff here. Now, look, I want to show you something. What are you, what are you putting that over there for? See, this is the is that, page. With, wait, this is, is that, the is that page. Pages? Is that, yes. That's pages, right? So when I'm no, done no, wait, with the page, on. I put no, no, it over stop. here. No, 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 no. Can I just show you guys something? I want the audience yes. to know yes. how that got fucked up. Yes. Phoenix, no one would have known. Look, look in your things here and find your Paige Van Zant notes. I know I took it over here. Well, I what's over there? This is mine. Oh, that's yours. Yeah. Let me show you something. But when I was this, oh, this! You're, gonna, you're gonna get it. Uh-huh. This. Look at me. Look at me, Phoenix. This was here. How, that was in front of you. Oh well, I don't know why. You took that fucking thing. I didn't take. You it. took my fucking paper. Wow. And made me. I'm not listening to me. You know, first of all, look at me. We're friends. Yes, sir. We're friends. <laughs> I'm not attacking you. We're friends. How long have we been friends for? Very well, long I'm, time. Listen, the people know our history. Very That's long not time. The, <laughs> the point is this. You fucking took my paper. Oh my god! And I'm asking. A, so look at Chris. Why does this sound at, like a Krista, mafia movie right no, now? No, look at Chris. The producer smiling. My paper, Do you know Phoenix. why he's smiling, Phoenix? Yes, he's smiling because one, 
He knows that I'm not. Me and him aren't going at it. No, it's not his oh, fault. I'm getting it today. It's not his That's fault. That's how this is going. Can't it's not his fault. I got to get it at least once, but right? The, but the yeah. thing is this: in a year and a half, the thing is this: I have. If you look at my papers, right? Look, well, now you can't put yours right there. That's not where it was. <laughs> Don't lie. Look, it was here, Phoenix. It was in, so you might have went. And I listen. I'm messy, so it might have been on the border, and you might have went. Babe, do yeah, you re- do you turned, recall that? I don't. Now listen. I do know that I'm it was... I'm not trying to split hairs. <laughs> We're friends. Regardless, if we leave here saying agree to disagree, do you have a GoPro on? No. Fucking... That's, why this, that's another reason why we should be on air. <laughs> on li- live, like on fucking video. So people could see us. Because this is... Listen, I, I just... I've been bamboozled and I look like a fool in front of my UFC... No, right now, no, you didn't because my UFC nobody, unfiltered nobody army is known. fucking laughing at me. They no. think I suck. No. They you, don't listen in. No one They're not listening would no have They're, known. Because look, he asked the Connor a, question I, to everybody that works for the company that, you know, has an opinion yeah, on him. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't change but the I like, fact that But I like you like came for, at me like a mob boss. Like, whose freaking papers is this? Is this your paper? I'm like, whoa. Akamoto, Akamoto. Akamoto, Akamoto, Akamoto. Who? Akamoto, Akamoto. Listen, don't embarrass me in front it's of this Brett guy. Brett Akamoto. Are we on the phone? Brett yet? Akamoto. No, we're, we're calling him. Okay. We got a little bit of time for him. Uh, what time is he calling? So in? I'm holding a couple of minutes. My paper. Just to, uh, I'm going to write my name on go it. Go ahead. Look. But now, fuck. No, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I know what I'm going to ask him. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness she, I go off script so many times. You had a rehearsal. Well, I wanted to ask. The most important thing is I wanted to ask Paige about uh, her fight with Rachel. And I love the... the, the Rachel the, Ostrich? Mm. <laughs> Oof. Ostrich. What? Don't fuck around with me. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm looking. And that, look at this. You know what's so funny about it? What? I'm looking on his I'm going to take this the away from why you. you. Chris. So that you don't ask Brett about his um, yes, I'm listening. The reason why you saw shoot. me looking like a fucking weirdo at the goddamn paper. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I never what? looked up. I'm like, where is Rachel's last name so I can look at it? Yeah, right. No, I know. And I, it was nowhere to be seen. You know why? Because I don't know. Some little sticky, here, yeah. fig- <laughs> sticky fingers, Phoenix over here. Yeah, it's my mob name now. I know, when, when I heard me. you say the Max Poirier question, I was like, that's weird. But then the Connor one, I was like, there's no way that's. <laughs> and then, you know what's funny? What's also that's weird. Amazing yeah. what? is that Chris the producer comes over and he looks at the bread thing and he and he put his finger to it and he like did like three little taps with his finger like this, like, mm, like an angry principal. Like he caught a little kid <laughs> looking at his cell phone. He goes over and he's pointing to the test. <laughs> so then I had to look up. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm in trouble. Did you have like an English and flash, then I looked and I'm flashback? Like, Where's my paper for the awesome Paige Van Zandt? You brought him back And to it the was in grade. front of Phoenix. You know what's even more impressive then? You did that whole interview without having any of the prep. Yeah. Right, so I did it. Well, I mean, I asked a couple of things you wrote down. Of course, oh, okay, it was for sure. Brett Akimoto. Akimoto. Yeah. Akimoto. Akimoto. You know what I'm upset about is that's going to be stuck on. in my head all day. Oh. We're calling Brett right now. Do I have a time to take a really, really, really quick... Um, yeah, do it. Peter no, no, no. yeah. yeah. the P? Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Go for it. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's Pull Up podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of Pull Up. An epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points. Back-to-back, essentially, close-out buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power, and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. 
The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph and a lot of transitions. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to pull up. Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for free. You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus... Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. All right, Phoenix, we are back and we're going to be calling Brett Akamoto. I'm saying it normal now because we're calling him. I want to see, how, when, did he, when did he first discover MMA? Ask him. You know? Ask him. Hello, is this Brett Okamoto? Okamo- Am I saying it right? Okamoto. Sure yes. Is. Fuck it. Brad, I'm sorry. I started off like just horrible already. I'm not a professional like you, Brad. <laughs> okay. It's Matt Sarah. How are you? You're talking to Matt Sarah and my buddy Phoenix Carnavale. Hey, Brett. Awesome. Hey, guys. Brett, man, let me ask you. Uh, I, got, I got a couple of yep. things to ask you. I'm going I'm to ease into the... Uh, the the one I wanted to ask him. Are we but, taping uh, right now, or is this? Oh, no, yeah, listen, listen. Just, we go right in. Uh, we go. We we jump right in, right into the deep end. Listen, when did you first okay, discover good. MMA, Brett? Let me ask you that. I'll tell you what, man. The uh, the first card I ever covered live, Matt, was UFC '98. You were there. Oh shit! Did I uh, want to lose I, that one? <laughs> Which one was? That was your rematch with. That was your rematch with Matt Hughes in Las Vegas. No, I know. I only fought him once. And uh, I oh, thought, sorry, I'm, that's yeah, all right. I, I think I, I think there are two fights because you guys got into it so many times. Other yeah. than that, yeah. And unfortunately, with that fight, I had to. Um, we were supposed to fight once, and I hurt my back. So the one fight in my whole yeah. career, Brett, that I actually had to pull out of is the fight with the guy I I talked the most shit about. It was it was horrendous. But anyway, that's that right. was that's that was your was. first that was your first fight that you uh, covered with MMA. Yeah, because I. So I had, I had gone to Colorado State for uh, sports journalism. I was like, I was just one of those kids that knew what I wanted to do at an early age. I wanted to be a sports journalist when I was like, like ten years old, you know. So I went to uh, I went to school for it, and then there was a paper in Las Vegas that offered me a job. So I went out there and and I was uh, I was just doing the newspaper thing. I was covering a lot of high school basketball. I was covering a lot of high school football in Vegas. Um, you kind of get to cover a little bit of everything. I covered some some rodeo. I covered some bull riding. Wow. I covered uh, some NBA Summer League games. Um, so there's a little bit of everything. And then UFC 98 came around. And honestly, man, like I, I, I was aware of the UFC. I had watched a couple of fights, but I really wasn't like this, this diehard fight fan. But living in Vegas, I, I had covered a little bit of boxing. And they were like, why don't you go cover UFC 98? And uh, so that was you and Matt. 
and that was uh, that was Leota Machida knocking out Rashad Evans for the light heavyweight title. Oh wow! And I was like, man, this this is exciting. I could get into that. This. Was a scary and, uh, knockout. And, yeah, it was a scary knockout. It was uh, it was a fun sport to cover, and it was right around the time of UFC 100. So the sport was was really kind of you know blowing up at the time, and the newspaper was like, cool, yeah, you can start covering it full time. And so I started covering it full time, and that was that's pretty much all I've done since then. Brett, it's it's really interesting and kind of awesome to talk to you because we're getting a different perspective that the fans, I think you can kind of let people know how difficult or how intricate being a journalist is just in, in, in sports in general. And with journalism, there's times where certain stories are opinion pieces and certain stories are factual pieces. So I was wondering, when do you use what? When do you make it an opinion piece and when are you just sticking straight to the facts? Yeah, that's an interesting question, because for a long time at ESPN, I was the only person who was really putting together content on MMA, so I kind of had to do both. I mean, in the, I, would, I would say the thing about that is you have to do one or the other, and you have to make it very clear yes. which one you're doing. You know, you can't, you can't blur the two. So, um, you know, I, I, I tend to kind of stay on, this, on the straight and narrow. That's just, um, that's just more my style. I like to just present people the facts and, you know, let them come to the conclusions themselves. But I mean, I have opinions, of course. I mean, I'll cover this sport for a while now. And, um, so yeah, I, if I have an opinion, I'll, I'll write it. And ESPN is great about, you know, not really forcing me to, if I don't have an opinion on something, they're not like, well, Hey, make one up. Cause, cause we need something right now. Um, but they're also great about, you know, them saying, Hey, if, if you have an opinion, then yeah, we'll take it, you know, go ahead and, and write it for us. So I kind of have the best of both worlds. I mean, I, I, again, I'll credit ESPN to that, that they're just open to having me, they want me to write whatever is the best content, you know? And so if that's news, then I'll write that. And well, if I have an opinion on something, something strong, then I'll do that as well. I, I asked you this question because you are actually one of my favorite journalists and I, I'm happy to have you on. And one of the reasons you Thank are you. my favorite is because when I go to you or I see something with your name on it, I know that it's coming from a reputable source. So just so that the fans That's can like understand. That's the best compliment that you can give a journalist, so well, thank you. It's true. It, it's you and Mark Ramundi are the two people that I'm like, yeah, I, I trust that they did work here. Um, can you talk a little bit about the work you put in to get a source before you even write anything down and send it out? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. It's really just bugging people, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I I work from from home, uh, which is nice. I uh, I get out of bed, I walk across the hallway, and I'm in my office. So you're writing a lot of the stuff in your pajamas. <laughs> I try to put on like actual clothes. It makes me feel more awake. It makes me feel more professional, even though the only person that sees me at any time is like my dog. But um, I usually try to put on pants. It just makes me feel more productive, right. even though I'm sitting in my home. Um, but yeah, it's 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 and it's fun though. It's it's uh, it's fun calling people and it's fun talking to them about the fights. It's fun talking to them about what they want what the promotion wants, whether it's, you know, UFC, Bellator, or, or anybody else. And the, the way a fight comes together is actually pretty interesting a lot of times. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's easy as, you know, two guys are, it makes sense to match make them. They're both healthy. They both want to fight at a certain date. Okay, cool, we have a fight. You know, but other times there's, there's you know, people want certain things or, you know, they have a contract negotiation coming up or they have a certain amount of number of fights on their deal. And, and there's conversations, you know, and there's there's, there's give and take, and, and there's, you know, what, what date is it going to land? And that's, that's always interesting. It's fun to talk to guys about what, what kind of fights are coming together before they actually come together. So I enjoy it, you know. And hopefully other, every, all the people I'm calling enjoy talking to me because, like I said at the beginning, it's just a lot of 
of bugging people and, and calling the same people over and over again. But, you know, we all uh, we all are involved in the sport because we love it and because we're kind of obsessed with it. So it uh, it works out. Well, speaking of fun fights, did you? you I'm sure the uh, Balboza and Gagey fight. I'm sure you enjoyed that one. Man, you know what I did on that one was, uh, you know, this year I've been watching a lot of the fights from the back, unfortunately. I've been stuck in the tunnel, which is, which is great because I, I get to, to interview these guys on camera and it goes up onto the, you know, ESPN's YouTube or Sports Center or wherever it's going, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really like an enjoyable part of my job is to, is to talk to these guys and these girls right when they come out of the octagon. You know, it's, I, that's where I want to be. Yeah. But it's, it's the, 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 the cutback on that is that I'm not, I'm not in the arena anymore, you know? So occasionally this year I've snuck out in the arena a couple times. One time I did it for sure was when we were in London and I wanted to see Darren Till walk out. Um, you know, because he walked out to that song and the crowd and everything. I was like, I can't be stuck in the tunnel for that. (laughs) And then, uh, and this last one, the co-main event wrapped up real quickly. Um, Jack Hermanson was, was healthy. He didn't have to go through a lot of medicals. He just came straight to me. I talked to him and I was like, dude, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to actually watch Gaethje Barboza from the arena. So it's funny that you bring that one up because that's one of the few fights this year I've actually snuck into the arena and watched it like with my own eyes instead of watching it on TV in the back. And it was amazing. And it was what a fight. You know, it really, it lived up to the hype and then some, I mean, I expected a war. I, I, I was picking uh, Gaethje by fourth round stoppage and the way, the way it went was just yeah. so, so violent and, and such a, a fun, a fun battle while it lasted. We got to rethink a little bit about what we what we think about Gaethje, right? Yes. I mean, I was with you. I actually yeah. predicted fourth round too. I I, I I picked Gaethje, but I thought it might take a little while. But hey, man, these last two fights, he's uh, he's put him out in the first round. I think he's making like these tiny little adjustments that he and Trevor Whitman, you know, have gotten in the lab and in the gym and, and talked about. Well, you know, what can we do just slightly better? I mean, you were in those fights with with Eddie Alvarez and with Dustin Poirier, but let's learn from him a little bit. And man, in the last two fights, it seems like he's learned a little bit from those two fights. Michelle Waterson is also really captivating to watch. Did you get to watch that live, or did you have to stay on, on watch it on TV? Yeah, that one I watched from a, a screen in the back. But uh, great performance by her. And then that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. It's just such a joy to like be back there and have someone like Michelle Waterson come back, you know, fresh off of the win, um, and you get to talk to her. You get to like get her her raw thoughts about it, and it's, she's still in the moment. And she was talking about how she ran into Carolina in the elevator. At the hotel before they came to the arena, like she was, she was like getting in the mood. She was getting the mindset. She got in the, in the elevator, and it took her up instead of down. You know how that happens sometimes. Yeah. And then when it got there, the doors opened, and Carolina was standing there waiting to to take the elevator down. And they just <laughs> laughed about it. They're like, you know, what are the odds of this happening? Yeah. So, yeah, I watched that one from the back, but she gave me a good interview afterwards. No, uh, Brett. Obviously, Dana isn't the big biggest fan of Ariel Hawani. Who's your colleague? He's not. Now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is this breaking news to you? What, what, happened, what happened there? Yeah. <laughs> now he's your colleague now at ESPN. So you kind of reap the benefits there, as Dana is almost always going to come to you with the breaking news, right or wrong? Sure. I, well, that no, there is some some definite truth to that. Here, here's how I look at that, and and I'll be honest. Like I, I don't. I don't want people to think that, you know, Dana doesn't like Ariel, so he, he, he then comes to me. You know, I think that there is some absolute truth that I, I benefit from, and I can't, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you and lie to you and say that, that I don't, you know. But I, I, uh, I think that Ariel and Dana could, 
I don't know if they can ever fix what's going on between them. I don't think that that's really my business. I don't really root for or against that. I mean, I, I know that I've, I've covered this sport, like I just told you, since UFC 98. I live in Las Vegas. I've interviewed Dana a billion times, you know, before the UFC was ever on ESPN. And, and, and now there is, a, there is a partnership there between UFC and ESPN. And I can tell just from Dana, but also just the organization as a whole, um, you know, they want to work with ESPN and they want, they want to, the conversations have changed and they're more frequent and, and this or that. But I really wouldn't say that my relationship has changed with Dana all that much from, from even, you know, Ariel joining ESPN. I just, I want to have a relationship with, with, with Dana White and with any source, really, that is completely independent of any other journalist out there. And, and while I will acknowledge that, that, that Dana's um, and Ariel's beef, I guess, is probably good for me, I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't really look at it that way. I, I, as a journalist, I find sources, I cultivate them, I form relationships, you know, I cover this sport, and, and uh, you know, regardless, I guess, of what else is going on between anybody else. So, so why do you think you've been able to maintain a good relationship with Dana and the UFC as opposed to the friction between Dana and Ariel? Is it just Ariel? <laughs> is it just him and Dana's? They just don't click, or you're just such a good dude. Well, I think it's about. I can it. tell you're a good dude. Wait, no, but I, I would say, and Brett, <laughs> you could you, you could agree or disagree with me. There is a certain thing called embargo that um, I think fans have to realize sometimes too. They spend a lot of money on advertising and things like that, and then if you break a story, it's like ruin somebody's surprise party. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that was a big part of it, but Brett, do you agree or disagree? It's kind of sometimes it's an embargo issue. Uh, no, I, I don't. The embargoes are kind of a weird thing, you know. I mean, so here's the thing: because like so breaking like a story comes, or not break a story, or like how does that work? If someone comes to me with a story that I had no idea was going to happen, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm sitting in my pajamas in my home office and I have not done, you know, any work or, or any kind of conversations about a, a particular thing. Right. And someone comes to me and says, hey, this is going to happen. You know, um, we, we want you to know about it, but but we don't want you to write it right now, you know, because uh, uh, for whatever reason, like maybe it's not completely finished. Or, you know, there's, there's, still, there's still kind of some leeway where it could fall apart or, you know, with the situation you just brought up of, like, maybe there's some marketing into it. Yeah. Here's the information, but don't write it yet. If I knew nothing about it, then I can't just turn around and, and, and say, oh, I'm, I'm running with this right now. I, I, don't, feel, I don't think that that's being ethical. But if, if I hear about something and, and I, I make some phone calls and I find out that it's true and someone says, says hey, you know, we we're gonna pl- we have this planned, or we're gonna do this or that, and we would prefer you you not hold it. I'm probably not gonna hold it, you know, because that's not journalism either. Sure. Um. So so that's that's how embargo is. Uh, you know, sometimes in this industry, yeah, someone comes to you with something that you didn't know anything about, and I think at that point, you can't just run with it. But right. if I'm tracking down a story, or if I'm finding something that maybe someone doesn't want out there, or or, or whatever. If I get the story and it's accurate and someone's asking me not to run it, but I have it on my own, then I'm, I'm going to run it. That's, that's how it works. But do you reach out to Dana when you have an idea if I might be happening or no? Is that one of the phone calls you make? Or? I do, yeah. yeah. I reach okay. out to Dana pretty, pretty constantly. I mean, he's one of the guys that I, I do bug a lot. And, and you know, Dana's been, been very um, generous with his time and he gets back to me. And, and there are times where he says that no, that, that – that's I'm, I'm wrong. This, this, what I'm hearing is, is inaccurate. And there are times when he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. You know, and, and you can confirm and he'll confirm it for me. And then when I write a report, I'll say that Dana White confirmed it, you know? So 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm constantly reaching out to Dana. I, I don't know why you want it. I mean, in this in this job covering this sport, um, I would imagine that that's part of the job is to reach out to Dana on a frequent basis. And and I happen to have a, a, a good enough relationship with him where where he actually gets back most of the time, not every time, but he'll get back quite a bit. What do you make of Conor McGregor's current situation? Supposedly retired, an investigation of a, a sexual assault claims being reported in the New York Times. What do you yeah. Make? I, I got to be, you know, so so Connor went on a tweeting rampage last night. Did you guys see that? Yes. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about that yet. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I mean, attacking. Yeah, the, the, yeah, good. What do you, I mean, what, yeah, what do you think, man? I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm, I'm kind of over it, to be honest. And yeah, I'm there I thought too. That, that Connor, I thought Connor McGregor's brand of trash talk used to be really clever. It used to be really intelligent. It used to really dig at people in a way that I thought actually got them off their game. I mean, he was great. He, he was on yeah. an island on his own he went when from it came to being, trash talking. He, yeah. went from, he went from being like a really good battle rapper to just barking. You know, that's how I see yeah. it. No, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I mean he, he's posting photos of a sparring session with a retired boxer that's from two years ago now. And he's bringing people, you know, now he's bringing Habib Nurmagomedov's wife, wife into this. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's calling people a scurrying rat. And, and it's like, I've heard him say now rat like like 50 million times now, it seems like. It just seems, uh, this is, this is, he's fallen a long way. In my opinion, his brand of trash talk and his way of getting attention, I, I still think that there's a brilliant guy in there somewhere. And I hope we get to see it at some point. But, yeah. Right now, I mean, I, I, I'm not like, I'm not real impressed, I guess, with, with what I'm seeing out of Conor McGregor. Yeah, Brett, can I say, I, when he came on the scene, when he said, we are not here to take part, we're here to take over, I mean, that that was awesome. Sure. Like, there's a lot, you got. I give him a lot of credit for when he was very witty. I didn't like leading up with his fight with, uh, with uh, Khabib, and he was talking about his father. That's when I first started saying, wait a minute, man. For, I mean, I feel that, that he just looks like a dirtbag. Like when he talks about somebody's, now he's talking about somebody's wife. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about Khabib's wife. I mean, this is why, I mean, and then when he's in a position. <laughs> Matt loves to go no, in no, on no, this No, 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 because Brett, then when he's, in, when he's in a cage with a guy and then Khabib's doing the talk and say, I want to talk now. He gets in a very bad position, and he's like, all right, I'm out of here, man. I had enough. He's, he's being a punk is what he's being, Brett. Where I come from, that's being a bitch. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's talking about, oh, my ancestors, they'll raid a uh, village with a fucking, uh, a, a fucking pickaxe. Who give, Dude, who cares? You're tapping out like a bitch if you talk about somebody's family. I'm sorry, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, sorry. sorry about that. I apologize. That, that was, that that was that. my favorite part of the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's just wrong. And, you know, well, and the, and the problem is, is that he can't get away with it because in this sport, unfortunately, man, I mean, people just don't care about occasionally. And, and I want to say that say, the people who really pay attention, the people who have been here from the beginning, who have watched Conor McGregor come up and then have kind of, you know, and then have watched sort of what, what this has all turned into, they care. But by and large, I mean, the casual people out there who don't follow the sport on a regular basis, they don't care. They're just like, oh, yeah, sweet. Conor's talking trash to Khabib. When's the rematch? You know, yeah. so he can, he can get away with it. Like, like, there's not a lot of whole like thought that he puts into it, and there's not a whole lot of effort that he puts into this trash talk. But like, how can you blame him if you know he's made the most money of his career probably when he had had a, a, a you know kind of a fake I don't I don't want to call it a fake fight because it was real punches that he took from Floyd Mayweather, sure. but some spectacle fight against Floyd Mayweather, and then and then this this like real personal ugly you know rivalry with Habib, but that's that's what sold you know that's what really 
captured people's interest. Sure. Like I, that's just that's the problem with the sport, unfortunately. Because you know why would why would he why would he he take the time to to put out something more clever or to put more effort into his brand of trash talk or to to change anything if what he's doing is working? Because right now there are a lot of people probably today talking about the rematch because of what he tweeted last night, which. It's just an unfortunate reality, in it my is, opinion. It is unfortunate because I, I truly feel, and uh, you know, and I've had beefs and stuff, but I feel family and religion should be off. Off, it's it, it, it's crossing a line where it turns it into something else. You can't, you can't expect the guy because then you don't. And when it's time to hash it out, the guy just chickens out, man. He's you don't even get the like when Khabib flew over that fence and attacked the corner, he didn't get to release his total because connor just tapped out i mean he's not exactly in that um you know he's he's in that quick tap club like shit gets rough he's like hey man if you look at all his submissions all his finishes it's when he gets caught he never went to sleep he just said hey man i'm all right you got me i mean uh, what the, the how would his ancestors with the pitch pickaxes feel with that <laughs> shit yeah they're turning over in their graves yeah. You know, but anyway, this, Brett, this, enough. Is the, this is the fighter and the jujitsu coach coming out on you right now. Uh, listen, the, the, yeah, the, I'm better at that than I am at interviewing people. Buddy. I, I only I only like bringing up Connor just to hear Matt's rants about him. Well, listen, because you know why real fighters could just they could, I mean, he's a talented guy. Sure. And again, where he's good, he's good. Some of those speeches are great, but you got to back it up and you don't just back it up with just murking people. It's great. It's amazing what he did to Eddie Alvarez. It's amazing what he did to a lot of people. He, he's a talented dude, but that doesn't mean he's a classy guy. He's not classy at all. Talk about somebody's family yeah. and religion. It's it's extremely trashy. I don't care what kind of liquor you have. All right, Brett. Listen, <laughs> Brett. Anything else to tell the fans about the great Brett Okamoto? <laughs> no, nothing about the great Brett Okamoto. I appreciate the uh, the interview, man. I did want to tell you, Matt. The, uh, it's, it's funny. I mean, you're. So, so as I told you, I came in and started covering the sport at '98. So, so you only had three fights while I was covering the sport, but it was, it was, it was funny. I have a distinct memory about you as a fighter, and and more more so as like like me getting an interview with you. And uh, I think it was it probably was was ahead of you had a fight at UFC 109, and uh, and that fight was in Vegas, and I was still working at the newspaper at the time, so I definitely would have covered it. And uh, I think I. I got an interview with you through uh, the, US, the old um, a guy who used to work at the UFC PR department. His name was Joe Fernandez. I'm sure you remember him. I think oh, you guys were pretty close. He was. A, yeah, he did he my video. He guy. did my video blogs. Very nice guy. He's the one who got yeah, me yeah. first behind a uh, camera with the video blogs. I loved yeah. Joe, man. He was he was great. I only knew him like, like he was only there for a couple years when I started covering, and then he he moved on to other stuff. But uh, I was always like great relationship with Joe. He said, "I'll get you an interview with Matt." You know, we're still in New York. And we're doing like some media stuff around New York, and then he's gonna fly to Las Vegas. I was like, okay, cool. So I was in the the newsroom, and I, I like I was waiting for Joe to call me, and he calls me, and he puts you on the phone, and you guys, you guys were in the back seat of some car, you know, driving around. And at the time, man, I, I think I was like 24 years old. Again, still just kind of getting into this sport, and I was like oh, excited. Man. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview Matt Sarah. I'm gonna write stories about Matt Sarah. And uh, you guys had the windows down. I think it was like, was it a summer fight? Was UFC 109? The weather must have been nice because I feel like the, the, the windows were down. Yeah. You guys were driving through New York. And you saw like three people that you knew. And so like you would get on the phone and you would literally like talk to me for 30 seconds. And I was going to get ready to ask you a question. And then you see somebody that you knew. 
and you'd stop, have to stop the car and you'd jump out and you'd have to have the conversation with guys. I was just sitting in my cubicle just like waiting for you to come back to the car. You came back to the car, the whole thing would repeat itself and then like at the end you were just like, all right, bro, I gotta go. Yeah, good talking to you. I didn't even get to write a story about you that, oh, that week. I don't say that to put you on the spot, but oh, I've a, never forgot that, man. Oh that my was a, God. Did you that think was I, a, did, a funny interview. Did you think I was a prick? Because I definitely wasn't mean-spirited. No. No, it wasn't mean spirited at all. I just figured you were like the mayor of New York, man, riding, riding around the back of true. a car, and you saw like you know fifteen people that, that you saw. I was like, Matt, and your, your personality, man. You see a guy that you see on the side of the street, you're not just going to drive by him. You're going to get out of the car and go talk to him, right? You're that kind of guy. Yeah, uh, my personality, my ADD. It could be one of the. <laughs> it could be one or the other. But Brett, I want to formally uh, apologize for that. You know, and what, and for this interview. No, I'm only That's kidding. Great. This was fun. <laughs> All is forgiven. Hey, All man. Forgiven, Brad, so much fun. If Hey, listen, you're in New York. Stop in the studio, man. We'd love to have you in to hang out with us. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Brett. Thank you so much, man. Take care. All right. The great Brett Akimoto. What a nice guy. He's really good. You know? I enjoyed that, man. He is really good. Seriously, I'm not just saying that because he's on the show. Like, that's he's You're not just, listen, stop read. kissing his ass. He's, all right, he heard enough. We already <laughs> know good. that you're trying to get out over in that ESPN Spot. I'm sorry, Phoenix. I'm sorry. Why can I <laughs> Listen, you? you get on me, I get on you. That's why, why we're I, friends. Why do I have to attack you? I'm so uh, happy you're you probably, feel better. I mean, during that interview, you probably saw your cauliflower pizza guy. You have to jump out. I've never had ago. that. Yeah. I have never had that, and I'm yeah. actually, I need Don't to try it. Don't get me started. It. We'll lose listeners, because I've been talking about it a lot. Where do you, First even, of all, where do you even get it? Can I say right now that, hold on, I'm, only because you're not going to meet too me. It's nothing weird. I'm just showing my ass. Look, look. Look at that. Coming back. I'm trying to push my belly out. Coming back. There's four. Look, look, I'm pushing my belly out. Three and a half. Listen, I don't get my my point is this that I'm not a bloated bloated fat guy, okay? All right, all right. Listen, you can give me a compliment only. Listen, somebody said you kissed his ass. uh, Put the sword away. We're friends. No, no. I I want to do say that. I'm very proud of you because lots of people say they're going to go gluten free and they don't fa- actually tra- stick with it. By the way you said that, like mean, myself. You, by the way you said that means that uh, <laughs> I was walking around a fat guy. No, I'm saying that it's really hard to stay gluten free, especially when you have a love of pizza. Well, Khalil don't like it. Uh, 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 uh. Khalil Roundtree, Khalil Roundtree, Khalil don't like it. So because Jimmy's gone, Khalil Roundtree, Khalil Roundtree, tell me about Khalil's last fight. Khalil's calling him. Right? He uh, he lost his last fight to Johnny Walker. And tell me about mm, his yeah. opponent. Oh, Eric Anders is a tough dude. Yes, very. When is this fight happening? Next Saturday. Just tell me this fight's happening next Saturday. I just looked at me like Ow. I'm fucking crazy. My ears Where hurt. is it happening? UFC 236 in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, good. You're doing the plug. Yeah. All right. Where's my little Jimmy Bird? Jimmy, Jimmy is sick. Bird. He's oh, yeah. just Jimmy, a little Yeah, Jimmy bird. left radio. Actually, yeah. he texted me this morning. He's really not feeling well. Yeah, so. he sounded like a fucking weirdo ish show. Yeah. I actually like the sound of his voice. It was kind of cool. Well, Eric lost two straight, Eric Anders, but wasn't that on short notice, one of them? The one against Tiago uh, Santos was like two days. I mean, he took the fight really quick and, and went to Argentina, I think. And, and uh, Elias, Elias uh, Theodoro, yeah. a buddy of mine, he that guy has a way of winning, man. He's got an orthodox style. very tricky. An orthodox style him. that's just... He'll like double punch you. It's weird. No, he's got a... And it works. A, it works. Oh, okay. Hello, is this uh, Khalil Roundtree? Yeah, what's going on? What's up, man? It's Matt Sarah in Phoenix Carnivale. You're on UFC Unfiltered. How are you, buddy? 
Matt, Sarah, I'm doing good, man. Man, good to talk to you, buddy. Your fights are so exciting. Can I start off with saying that? I'm sure you heard that before. Um, I've heard it a couple times, but but thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't get a big head. No, I'm only kidding, Khalil. Khalil, <laughs> you got a fight coming up with Eric Anders. When I just when I saw that, I was like, in, "Now this got fight of the night written all over it." That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> that would definitely be nice. Now, those, Eric's, those, those checks, uh, those checks are awesome. So, and also just like getting fight of the night, you know, it's like it's, it's cool to have fights that like that people talk about. You know what I mean? Like after the fact, like you know. It's just it's yeah. good to it's good to hear like that the people are entertained and like you know talk about it and like oh shit like did you see that fight so yeah, it'd be cool. I mean Eric, I mean it's weird when you look at you look at some records and you look at like how's the guy doing lately. I mean this it, it's very deceiving because if you look at his last two fights and uh, he's coming off two losses, but if you look at those one. It's uh, to Thiago Santos, who's who's uh, doing amazing lately. I'm not even. That was on a. I think that was on a few days' notice, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like there's super, super yeah. short. Yeah. So there's that, which is really hard to gauge, and uh, and then you got Elias Theodoro, who's that. He has a way of winning. Like it, it's he has a um a, a style that's pretty unique, and it's uh, he doesn't take a lot of damage. He he grapples. He, he and then he, next thing you know he's throwing some strikes at you. So he has a way of getting a W over you. So it doesn't really make it. So it makes it look like Eric's having a hard time, but this dude is dangerous as heck. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I would totally agree. Like, um, I think you know, for for one, dude's got balls for stepping in and fighting a, a slinger, right? Like Thiago Santos on just yeah. a couple of days. You know, no fight camp. Just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. So that like. That alone speaks for like, which is like what type of dude he is, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, like like you said about like Elias, like he just he's got a he's got a way of winning. He's got a he's got some kind of like awkward style. And yeah, he mixes everything up. Just to, that's just like that's just how he fights. So, yeah, um, yeah like Eric, I, I've said it in, in many interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, man, he's a, like he's a smart dude. He's he's a game fighter for sure. So. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes the same for myself, you know, like, yeah, like I got knocked out by Johnny Walker and like, you know, had a few losses and stuff too. Like I've, I haven't really been fully like able to really like do not, I don't want to do my best, but like show everything that I like, you know, that I'm capable of too. So I think, I think it's just a good opportunity, a good moment for the both of us, man. Let me ask you now, five of your seven professional wins are by KO or TKO. So seeing that and knowing that you have that power and knowing that you have the ability to put somebody's lights out, like you could fall in love with that, right? I mean, that's how I felt. I put a couple of guys to sleep and it, it gives you that. It's almost like, um, like, like you, like, like it's a thirst. Like I want to feel that again. But now knowing that you have that much power, how do you have the discipline to, to work on your ground game? And do you? How much do you work on your ground game? Um, so the first like the first part of the question is you know, like knowing that I have that power in the beginning, like kind of early on in my in my amateur days and stuff like that, like when things were happening and even a little bit earlier in my like in my pro career I was like 
I would get kind of like hungry for that, right? Like especially the fights that I was kind of like nervous for. Like shoot, like you know, <laughs> all right, man. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to knock this guy out. You know what I mean? Like knowing that I have it. Like I right, okay, you know, like kind of relying on that. And um, I always just like it, it would just always put me in like in bad situations because I'd just be like just waiting for that, just trying to like force the knockout you know what i mean and i think everybody knows like when you try to force things like that it just it really doesn't happen so now i'm at a point where i'm like it's cool to know that i have it in the back like in the back of my mind i'm like okay i know that i have it so and and it it will like it'll come when it wants you know like when i punched gokansaki like i didn't you know i wasn't thinking like okay i'm gonna knock him out with this punch it was just kind of like a reaction you get me and then uh and then as far as, like, the ground game goes, since I started, it, like, and knowing that I had the, the, the knockout power and, and, and the coaches that I've worked with that know that I have the knockout power, it's always kind of been the same thing. Like, they're like, okay, like, you have this power, you know, like, not too many people want to stand with you because they see this power, so they're going to try to take you down. So the ground game for me has always been something that's, like, I'm not, I'm not a jiu-jitsu guy, right? I'm not a, I'm not a wrestler, but I have to get down there and do it in order to like understand these things and in order to, to use them effectively for my game, which I want to strike. So you know, you get back up or whatever it may be. Is is it but, like um, good, good? <laughs> yeah. So I think like how I would explain it is like I just get. Like for me, when I'm when I'm on the when I'm on the ground, I get like I get grinded a lot, and um, like in practice, like, I get grinded a lot in order to like kind of like work the mind a lot, you know what I mean, and get back up yeah. sweeps and and things like that in order to just like I, I use it. Who's the okay? So like for instance, like I learned it from Anderson, right? Like Anderson was telling me like, you know man, <laughs> you like, you got to do jujitsu. It's super important, you know, but like, you got to implement, you like, you got to use certain things about it in order to like, to fit you, you know, like don't go in there and just get lost. And, you know, you don't have to go on this huge, like black belt journey, but yeah. like, you know, it sounds like, is it like you're eating your vegetables when you have to do your jujitsu? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it? Or I mean, you know, it's, it's necessary, but it sounds uh, like you're like, ah, I gotta do this. No, so I I like jujitsu. I really do. Like I can I can go to jujitsu and I can just like and I can just have roles and stuff like that. But my like I would much rather just strike. <laughs> That's <laughs> that awesome. Sense? No, I respect You're that. Like I can I if if I go to jujitsu or like if I'm if I'm rolling or something like that, like I'm like okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm rolling, but. Like if I'm just training striking, for me I can do that just all day. You get what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. something for yeah. me where it's just like it's just natural. It just it doesn't even feel like training. It's just it's it's fun. It's 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 just an it's just a natural thing, you know. Like if I'm if I'm dead tired from some type of striking training, then I'll go you know take a a quick break and I can go go right back at it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's just like, I don't know. It's just what I love. I just, 
all different types of striking, you know, whether it's boxing, Muay Thai, Taekwondo, like whatever, like I love it all. So like I'll, I'll train it all. Did you, did you start your, um, martial arts journey because of bullies? Cause I was reading here that you had something with bullies when you were a kid. Oh man. So, I mean, bullies and all type of things, but, um, it was mostly because I was overweight. So, um, at 19 years old, I got up to 305 pounds. Wow. That was my heaviest. Oh, man. And, yeah, like, I was always, I was always, like, a, a like, a really fat guy growing up. Like, just a, a heavy kid. But, um, after high school, uh, I, I started, uh, I, I've always been into music, playing music, things like that. So, I used to, um, I used to travel with my friends' bands after I stopped playing for a little bit. They were like, hey, um, we're about to go on tour. Like, you want to go with us? Like, sell merch, things like that. You can travel with us, all that. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I started traveling with these guys on the road. And, um, yeah, man, for us, it was just like fast food three times a day. Every time we stopped to get gas, I'm just eating, drinking <laughs> at least two, you know, two two liters of, like, Dr. Pepper a day, smoking, like, a pack, a pack and a half of Holy shit. cigarettes. Wow. How old were wide, you? Do you know what I mean? I'm I was sorry. only, I, this was, this was from age 18 to 19. So within that one year, like, oh, and at 18, I was already like, you know, two something, you know what I mean? But, but after like just that year of, of yeah. just being on the road, never really playing sports or really being athletic or anything like that. Like, you know, it was just, I was living the, the most unhealthy lifestyle you can live. How crazy is that? Like, if I asked you back then when you were 20 years old and told you, hey, I'm from the future, and in a couple of years you're going to be an MMA fighter, would you think I was totally crazy if I said that to you? I probably would have just given you, like, this really blank stare. You wouldn't even have <laughs> gotten, like, any words out of me. <laughs> All right, now, tell me yeah. about the transformation. <laughs> Khalil, tell me about the transformation, because we got a picture of you up here. And you look like a freaking superhero is what I'm looking at yeah. right here. So tell, and now during high school, wait a second, during high school and junior high school, were you a fat kid also? Uh, yeah. So after it's this, just, holy shit, been that way. can I recommend that you go to your high school reunion? Can, can you totally, <laughs> you know what? I, I just missed it. It was last year and, uh, oh, I was, that out would of the make country, a good so. segment. Yeah. yeah, I thought about it. I was like, man, that would have been really cool to just go back. That yeah, that would have um, been a good. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to I'll have to make the next one. <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been like there was a movie like that with uh, who plays Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, when he was like a really fat yeah. guy, yeah. and then he lost the weight. Yeah, it was like just that. friends or something like that. This is like yeah, the... just friends. <laughs> but dude, that's like the now you'll go back and you're gonna see a lot of girls that you probably had crushes on. And you're a fucking superhero, Khalil. <laughs> Khalil, are you married? No, no, no. Here, you have a, a, a here's the good. Here's the thing, Matt. Like when I started getting in shape, yeah. After like when I after high school, it was like just a few years. I started getting in shape. I'm getting messages from girls in high school, like hot girls too. Like, oh, I had the biggest crush on you. I'm like, get the yeah. <laughs> No, you did not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just such a weird, it was just such a weird thing. You know what I mean? But inside, man, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel good about myself now and things like that. But that, the fat kid inside of me, like, never dies. Like, 
I still have the same type of like the same heart, right? Yeah. You know, like, and so it's still, you know, it, it took me a while to even really get like, think about it. I was when I when I lost weight and actually got in shape, I was twenty. So I've got I've got twenty years of being this fat dude. Now I'm twenty nine. So it's like this is all still pretty new to me. So sure. you know, it's. Uh, it's all got to balance itself out in order for me to really like fully embrace the, uh, you know, the quote unquote superhero. hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, remember what uh, that uh, uncle Ben said about that great power with great responsibility. You understand? Yeah. Go out, I mean, make <laughs> sure you wrap your rascal, Khalil. Don't, you know, there's diseases. <laughs> no, out there. Absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. I make sure that I'm uh, real responsible. All right, man. Let's give. I want to give a proper plug to the fight. Can you do that for me, Chris, the producer? Yeah, sure. Khalil fights Eric Anders on the main card of UFC 236, Saturday, April 13th from Atlanta, Georgia, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's on pay-per-view. And the uh, main co-main are two interim title fights, uh, Holloway and Poirier headline the card, and the co-main is uh, Gaslam and Adesanya. So it's a great card. Hey, Khalil, man, you were so much fun. I, I want you uh, in studio if you're ever in New York, buddy. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, you guys are you guys are great too. It's, oh, it's it's refreshing to have a, you know, just a an interview that's just it's fun. It's more like a conversation and not like definitely you know yeah. these these questions that are just like yeah, I hear you, man. ten million so, times. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, right. that's the worst one. You ready <laughs> yeah. for this fight? That's give funny. me your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I can't just give you my thoughts. I got a million. Like, get out of my life. <laughs> That's so great. But really quick, hey, Khalil, fight week. Are you just chilling? What do you do to get your mind off the fight? I'm going to let you go in a second. But do you like to just chill out during the week, or are you tense? Um, There's there's definitely, like, a good balance of both. Um, mm. It depends on where I'm at. Um, if, it's, if it's in another country... Um, I definitely like to get out and, and see things. Yeah. Um, I've been to Atlanta a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, man, I'll probably just be chilling out. Actually, for this one, um, I'm feeling good. So I think I'll get, I think I'll get a good amount, of, uh, good amount of training in while I'm, like, that week. Were you in Thailand? Yeah, I've been in Thailand four months. It's four months? Now. You were in Thailand for four months? Yeah. Oh, man, that's so awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. After that, after that Johnny Walker fight, like I watched a bunch of tape, and I was just like, "Man, like what the like what went wrong?" You know, and I saw like, "Okay, this guy's big." You know, that's that's one thing. His size kind of like just being that kind of shut me down a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, but technically, I realized like uh, when I was in the clinch, like I I literally shut down, mm-hmm. and everything that I've ever learned in the clinch was just these like weird you know, oh, this is how you escape. And this is, you look out for the knees and like, like just like very basic stuff that really like, if you are a clinch fighter, it doesn't really work. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to Thailand to go learn the real Muay Thai clinch. (laughs) So, um, once I got there and, and learned it, I mean, it was like, it was just like a whole new world. You know, it's, it's like a whole, it's a whole different style of fighting in its own. So it's stand up um, jujitsu really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I fell in love with the place and the people, and um, yeah, I just decided that like that's like that's home now. So what, what area of Thailand fight, were I'll you in? Going back. Were you in like I was, in, ba- or? I was in Bangkok. Okay. I was in Bangkok for three months. So I was in like <laughs> Thailand, Thailand. You know, yeah. like it was it was a struggle to get around at first, but I made I made 
some really good uh, good Thai friends that helped me out. And then um, for the last for the last like five weeks, I was in uh, Phuket, and it just it, to me that was just the most beautiful and good balance of like foreigners and Thai people. Oh, so and what then, a, like AKA or what's Mike Switch? No, is that Tiger? Tiger, yeah, Tiger's really good. It's a popular place. Yeah, yeah. and then just the the cycle of people that go to that place is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like. You got packs of just like Chechenian guys, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you got packs of just every single like type of like every single type of fighter. So it was it was a really really hard camp, and there were a lot of days where I felt like I just really couldn't catch a break. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it was like I really needed that, you know, because yeah. I had to kind of training in the heat and everything too. Was pretty... training the heat outside, you know? Yeah. What I mean? it was like can't cool down there's just so many no. so many like so many things that were different and new and so like yeah i'm just um i'm like really excited to see like you know like what what's that what that has made me yeah me? that's awesome man. new bag of tricks for you sounds too. like a great experience yeah. man and i'll tell you right now uh khalil um your story is very inspiring and there's a lot of little fat kids that are going to listen to this and they're going to look at you and they're going to see that they could blossom into a superhero. So listen, man, all our best, bro, for this weekend, my man. Next weekend. Next Thank week. you so but next much. Weekend, I my appreciate man. it. All right, yeah, man. I appreciate that Later. All right, take Bye. care, Khalil. Later. All right, man. Awesome stuff. Yeah, nice, nice cool. good interview with Khalil. Yeah, what really a nice cool. guy, man. I like just shooting the shit like that. What a laid back dude, man. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's one of Jimmy's favorites. It's too bad. He's going to feel bad. Oh, he, really? He, yeah, yeah. That's. I yeah. figured it'd be a good interview because Jimmy would... Yeah, he's a nice guy, Enjoy, man. but he was great, yeah. It's all good, man. Well, listen, my little Jimmy, you know. He's he, legit he sick. He, yeah. He's legit. Yeah. You know, you heard, you've seen him last episode. We wish uh, him well. Episode. All right, what are, we're going to end this thing, but what else do we got? Any gossip from you, uh, Phoenix? We did MMA for an hour and, and change. Any uh, things I should be watching on Well, Netflix? the Joker trailer just came out. Yeah. It looks interesting. It w- yeah. And then it, you know, it could be really good or really, really bad. Like it's, It looks depressing. Yeah. But it looks like, I mean, I don't know. They don't normally do origin stories of the- For villains. Uh, for the villains. But the Joker is a- um, iconic, Fascinating. Uh, fascinating. Fascinating character. Character. Uh, what Shazam else? Shazam is coming out. Can Shazam. I tell you something about Shazam when I'm not digging already? What? Come on. It looks like it, big with superheroes. It, exactly. But this, <laughs> this is the difference. And I'm going to tell you right now. And I said it before- and I stand by it. Why? The kid seems cool as F. Oh, yeah, he, he beats up the bullies and oh, he's cool. Okay. And all of a sudden he gets these powers. He turns into a, a, the big superhero with the muscles. Hey, look at me. I, it's me. It's Wait, Billy. Wait, no, oh, no. Maybe. He sounds like an asshole. He's also a big goofy goof. Big, holy, do you believe it? Look at me. Oh, how's that? Maybe, I like that as a kid. Maybe, maybe. What the, what is, what? He has to be humbled once he has powers. Those Maybe they're going to reverse it somehow. But no, it's not about humbled. He's acting like an idiot. He's acting like an adult moron. Like he's just like, <laughs> "Wow, look, I'm going to try to fly." Oh, I fell down. He's way, <laughs> the kid, when he was a kid, he was a cool kid. The kid seems cool. In the thing. I bet you were a cool kid. Nah, you know, you know, I was a cool kid. Um, I don't know. And I then okay. lastly, I, could, I, I I'd never heard what you thought of Captain Marvel. So I, I love Captain Marvel. Get... I loved you it. Did? I loved it. We I did. actually going to disagree it. for the first time ever. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was. Does he have daughters? The probably. I, it was very. I felt empowering for. Um, it's it's very for my kids to watch that. There was that little montage oh, when. So that's when she had this when she had when she had this stand. No, but it was also, it was well done. Marvel does things well done. They did a little. They 
flip the script a little bit where some guys that you think might be bad or good yeah. type of thing. I'm not going to get into it. But like in the beginning when they show like almost like the the um like the commando team sure. of the um Cree, mm -hmm. you know, that she was part of. I thought that was cool as shit. I wanted them to like I like that. I thought that was yeah. cool. And then it took some different twists which it's cool, I suppose, but I kind of would have liked it better if it was they stayed like the way it was. I yeah. don't want to give away anything. Yep. But it was enjoyable. Um, I cannot wait for Endgame. Oh, cannot wait. You know? Wait, I'm wait. You should get your to... tickets now, by the way. Those I things are wait. good. I can't wait. Yeah, but you know what I do now? Like, a lot of times me and my... I'll take my kids, too. Yeah. But, like, if I have to see it right away, me and my wife go to the matinees a lot of times. Oh, that's Yeah, good. that's yeah, smart. You know? Because... You know, the kids are in school now. That's perfect. Go to a matinee. Sometimes I got to uh, earmuffs for a second. Cover your ears, Phoenix. I don't want it weird. Sometimes I got to tackle her during the day. Sure. It's my wife. I'm of course. Being, it's not why a, little, a little date day. Uh, a little date day. You know, don't, don't waste details. It's my wife. Don't waste details. But we have a good time. It keeps the marriage strong. Um, anyway, you know what's weird? I can't get through the Punisher for some reason. I heard it's so good. I couldn't either. And that's your buddy. I know. So you like that guy. Um, it's just that some Why some, of the, some of the Netflix shows, with the exception of Daredevil, drag a bit. I know. I got no time for that. Because I like a lot of the shows, but they just drag, they drag, they drag. Okay. So I think I think that's what it is. It should be eight episodes instead of the twelve or the thirteen what they do, and then I then it just how, drags a little bit. How funny was it that I had Breck Akamoto's notes in front of me for Patriots? <laughs> you, you have the we listen, if I was a fake if I was a phony I could have been like, listen, Chris Methuselah, but the get questions that out, you so asked were still good. Well, yeah, because I, like, I always, I always go off still script. relevant. Well, no, listen, it's about her fight with Rachel. Yeah, you know, it's fine, but uh, that's not the point. The point is that you took my fucking notes. <laughs> but listen, Phoenix, we're friends again. We're friends again. The Matt and Phoenix show. It's not the Matt and Phoenix show, but today it is. Today it is. We have fun. Yes, we did. Right, I just snorted. Maybe we'll edit, edit that out. I didn't edit anything out, basically. Why do I keep saying keep that? Keep the snort. You fucked up a lot this show, though. You didn't. I? You're being out of no, control. I, you're you being, you're, you're being like, you're being like a nervous Nelly. And, well, and you don't uh, have to be. Can I tell you right now, though, what's yes. funny? I'm not nervous about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I give a but fuck. you're slightly you know obsessing. Why? No, this is the thing. It's too much. The, the, I feel that the audience, they, they like me. Like, they my people like. like me. So I feel I have to be very honest with them. The fucking, as I fucking have the, I move the mic up, up my nose. You know what I mean? All right, listen, we're going to go. Phoenix, do me a favor. Yes, sir. Plug some. Uh, Phoenix Carnavale on Instagram. In Fighting Shape is the podcast. And uh, I'm on Access TV every Friday night. And uh, that's about it. I yawned at the wrong time. What happened? I yawned. Oh, okay. not, at your sh not at everything you're doing. That's exciting. Thank you. I appreciate it. Is it. Phoenix, I think that dark Phoenix movie coming out looks like looks like shit. Uh, Doesn't it look like shit? Well, Game of Thrones is coming back, so that's cool. Oh, I love Game of Thrones. April 14th. You know what? I love Game of Thrones. You know what I like, though? Who? Um, what's the uh, Brett? Akamoto, Akamoto. <laughs> Akamoto. Ak Listen, everybody. Thank you for listening to UFC Unfiltered. Okay. All right. Christmas album coming soon. <laughs> All right, now remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, radio.com slash UFC Unfiltered, or wherever you get your shows. Not my business.